It is the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio, 97.1, The Freak, Mavs, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Hour number two of Studio 41 Radio. After a week off, we're back, baby. We're back. What's up? I'm Bobby Corella, Kati Vialba, Isaac Harris. Uh, quick little trivia question for you guys to, to kick off the I'm show so here. I'm so excited. Was that the longest it you've ever heard before? From you. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going for. <laughs> You're welcome. I think so. I think you, you have that award now. Thank you. Kat, where have you heard a longer it before? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably like soccer games. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ah, okay. A guy like the announcer. They ex- is... Yeah, they extend everything. So. This is so weird so far. I feel like this is... <laughs> Do they say it like on like... It's Wheel of Fortune or like something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, game shows, game maybe. shows. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I'll practice. I'll be better right. next week. Diaphragm. I'll, I'm ready. I'll learn from my mistakes. Oh, well, I did play trumpet, so I gotta have the you gotta have the sturdy bass, especially in marching band. Put down the know? chess and practice. Okay, I haven't played a game of chess in too long. Kind of jonesing, and <laughs> jonesing. Do you right see now. Magnus was late for his? He was two and a half minutes late to a three minute to a three game. Three minute game, won. yeah. And they still won. Did he what show a, up with coffee? <laughs> no, he's not like you. He's not like you. Isaac was 20 minutes late to the studio today and showed up with a cup of coffee. And I was like, "Bud, you got to leave that." In the I'm car. sorry, guys. I'm like sorry. it doesn't. You could have that for three hours. That could be a really old cup of coffee. It doesn't matter. You got to leave uh, it in the car. You, you can't bring food to a optic. meeting. You know? Yeah. It's all <laughs> about optics. optics. It's all about the optics. It's all about appearances. Okay. So. Uh, for those of you listening on 97.1 The Freak, hope your weekend is is just just so freaky and awesome. You just heard Skin, Wade, and I talk on Numbers on the Boards for an hour um, about the win streak and uh, how it came to an end in rather abrupt and, and uh, convincing fashion against the Boston Celtics. We're not going to dive too deep into that, but some aspects of that and some of the uh, steps the team is taking right now are kind of interesting. So we want to start off today's show with the news element. Um, for those who don't know, the Mavericks announced that they have requested waivers on Kemba Walker. They have waived Kemba, uh, played nine games in Dallas. Obviously, I had that 32-point game against Cleveland, the one-point loss in overtime. It was incredible to watch that game. Uh, Walker's contract would have become guaranteed on Saturday, January 7th. And in fact, that's a guarantee date for a lot of players around the league. So I'll run down a list of those guys here in a bit. But first... Uh, Fair the well, Kemba. I, I enjoyed the Kemba experience. I thought it was it was really fun watching him play cat. Yeah, I totally enjoyed it. I especially enjoyed that Cleveland game. Uh, we were talking before the show, and it was um, it gave you like Derrick Rose coming the comeback vibes, right? You're like, I don't know if this is gonna last, but like, I'm very thoroughly enjoying this. He's he like a four time All Star, yeah, and he's playing like, like an All Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was really fun to watch, and I think he, um, he's a good vibes guy. Like. You know, like we all said, like he just like makes you want to smile. So you know, his smile Thank is you, Kemba. It's a, he's got a he's got a nice. I, I see Kemba smile. I want to smile. Yeah, you know, everybody loves him. Like we were talking before this about, you know, before the Boston game, he was just going through all the players. Like, you know, you know, a guy is special. You know, off the court, whenever they come out of the tunnel for like a pregame thing or whatever, and people just go to him to like embrace him, dab him up, talk with him for a bit. Everybody's laughing, smiling. The whole Boston team loves him. The whole Dallas team seemed like they loved him. So, loved having him around. I hope he finds somewhere else in the league, you know, for the rest of the year. But, yeah, kind of a tough decision for Dallas as they keep some flexibility a little bit, maybe open up some minutes for somebody else. 
Yeah, so Mark Stein uh, wrote about it on a Substack. If you're not subscribed and you have uh, the means to do so, I would highly recommend it. It's a, it's a really, really good um, blog, I guess, notebook. I don't know. Stein just posts mm. all sorts of stuff in there. Um, but he wrote a, a little bit, a, a blurb about the, the move. And he says, quote, The move would open up the Mavericks' 15th roster spot for a potential 10-day contract signing uh, with Walker also eligible to re-sign on a 10-day deal. I don't know if that would happen, but we'll see. Um, or perhaps allow them to take in an extra player in a trade before the February 9th trade deadline. Walker was the Mavs' 15th contract. Now that he is not there, though, they do have an empty roster spot. And then also uh, Tim McMahon noted from ESPN, that with Jaden Hardy playing well, we'll talk about him. And with McKinley Wright uh, earning some minutes lately, we'll talk about him as well. That it just kind of made sense to, to do that because the Mavs do have other needs. Unfortunately, injuries have kind of dictated this mm -hmm. thing uh, at the beginning of the year. And even still now, we're like, man, they could really use more guards. But now it's like, man, they could really use like a player, like a, a basketball player, you know, especially one that's at least six foot six tall. So um, here's a list of players as as you look and survey if they're going to go the 10 day route. Now, we got to you know be careful about speculation or whatever. But as you look around the league for players that they could possibly sign to a 10 day deal, of course, there was a recent trade with San Antonio and the Boston Celtics. Uh, Noah Vonley um, to San Antonio along with Cash for like basically a fake second round pick. The Spurs waived Vonley and also waived Gorgie Jang. Um, so those are two players that are, are going to be on the free agency market. And then here's a list from Bobby Marks at ESPN of players who, like Kemba, uh, will have their contract fully guaranteed if not waived by 5 p.m. on Saturday, January 7th. So we're just okay. mere hours away from that happening. And so stop me. Um, if I if I say players that that kind of maybe make you go like hmm. not not okay. even specifically for the Mavs just in general yeah. okay um, Atlanta Veet Kretschy and Tyrese Martin Boston Justin Jackson that's former Maverick Whoa. NBA okay. champion Justin One Jackson of the best floaters of all time yep and Luke Cornett okay uh, Jason Tatum also tweeted little eyeball emoji with a clover uh, two clovers two clovers yeah that is Ooh. serious yeah. After the Kemba Just news saying. came out on Twitter, <laughs> so that's two, that's two clovers. Pretty cool that the clover is an emoji. I don't think many other teams. The Mavs, of course, have the horse. Yeah. yeah. I don't think many other teams have an like. Is there a lake emoji? There's a, there's a rocket. There is a. Un unfortunately, we know all too well. There's <laughs> yeah. a rocket emoji. Yeah, we do. Yep. <laughs> uh, we also know that there's a horse emoji thanks to the rocket. <laughs> yeah. so shout out that. Um, a couple. What a time. A few guys in Brooklyn that I think are are going to be fine. Markeith Morris. Mm -hmm. uh, Utah Watanabe, who's been unbelievable wow. this yeah, he's, year. He's had a great season. And Edmund Sumner. Yeah. Uh, there's three really good players on yeah. non-guaranteed deals. Wow. Um, how about Charlotte? Dennis Smith Jr. Oh. Chris Haynes had a you know tweet the other day, really hyping up his return. So I was uh, happy for Dennis that he's back and healthy playing ball. He is playing well. Yeah. He's playing well this year. He, he missed a long time. Surely they guarantee been, that contract. I would think so. I mean, yeah. what are... Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? <laughs> 80 games under 500. Uh, Cleveland, Lamar Stevens had a big game Ooh. against the Mavs. Yeah. Big they got to guarantee that. Yeah, I mean, he starts for them every now and then. Yeah. You know, I think so. Um, Indiana, Mavs killer O'Shea Brissett, and also former Maverick James Johnson. I love okay. that James Johnson's reunited with Rick Carlisle. The, the dream team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder if he took his monster truck to... 
to Indy? Yeah. Do you think that monster trucks can dry, handle ice well and snow and stuff? You just go I don't right know, through? man. Those tires were pretty serious. <laughs> Did y'all ever see it? No. Oh, it was intense. I feel like I saw a picture of it, but I never saw it in person. I saw it in person. It was very loud and very... I might have Here said, I am. <laughs> you might have never heard me say it longer than I did. I've never heard anyone say those tires were pretty serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Memphis, Danny Green. In Miami, Haywood Highsmith. Minnesota's got three guys. Nathan Knight, who's been really good for them off the bench, filling yeah. in without Cat. Jalen Noel, uh, sixth man of the year. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Down the line. And then also Austin Rivers who yeah. had two very good games against them, annoyingly good games against the Mavs, as he always he does. He always has those. Always has those. I just, his Duke days scar me, so I can't. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Carolina guy. Same Carolina guy. Right. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, Cat, one of your faves, Jose Alvarado. Oh, that's my guy. I think he's safe. There's no yeah. way he's on it. No, I guarantee Are you serious? Yeah, because he, he was an undrafted free agent. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Mavs worked him out, actually, and... He Spend some time in them. the G League, Thanks, and then Bobby. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he uh, he did impress them. Uh, he and Moses Wright, former Mav, both oh. went to Georgia Tech. They came here for a workout, and they both were very good, from what I from what I heard at the time. Not even in yeah. retrospect. Um, Jalen Brunson's old friend Ryan Archidiakono and Spi Mikhailuk from the Knicks. Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic on a non-guaranteed deal. That's interesting. There's a weird thing in his contract with the injury stuff and that they put in there. Oh, but. okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Jock Landale from the Phoenix Suns. Sacramento, uh, Chima Moneke, KZ Okpala, and Matthew Dellavedova. Wow. Okay, I didn't even know Delly was still in the <laughs> league. He's, he's sorry, <laughs> sorry, Delly. Sorry. He's there for the vibes. And then finally, Stanley Johnson <laughs> of the Spurs. Um, and the, the, the apple of every Lakers <laughs> yeah. fan's eye. So those are just some players who could become available. Um, okay. And also the trade market is going to be heating up here in the next couple weeks because the trade deadline is Thursday, February 9th. So definitely circle that date on your uh, iPhone. <laughs> I don't know. We have a calendar. On your it's right do. over there. In Palm the Pilot. Yeah, on your, on your BlackBerry. Um, but let's go back to the McMahon report. Easy for me to say that... Uh, waving Hardy is one pathway for more minutes for two guys. Kemba. No, no, waving no, no, Kemba. Waving Kemba. <laughs> Got to clear that one up. <laughs> Ultimate Freudian slip, <laughs> all right? That waving Kemba there is a pathway go. for more minutes for two guys. One of them I just claimed was waved, <laughs> but wasn't Jaden Hardy. The other, McKinley Wright the fourth. So let's talk about Jaden Hardy. He got in the game last night. Er, he got in the game on Thursday against the Celtics. 15 points in 15 minutes. Has had some incredible G League performances as well. Mm-hmm. What are your Hardy thoughts, and, and do you think that, that this is the, the time when the Hardy party finally really starts? The Hardy party is here. Now, it you know, he was a lot of fun. You know, one of the fun things about games like that is there's no really big expectations whenever, you're, you know, you get put in, you're kind of like a, it wasn't a victory cigar because they weren't, <laughs> they weren't winning the other night, but he, they just kept giving the ball to him, and he was very confident. He's so fast. You were pointing out in the press box, and you're like, man, how, look how fast he is getting to the like basket. the best kid in the world. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, the difference between him and Luca is stark. <laughs> okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like even like Luca and Dinwiddie, they're kind of, you know, both that like shifty, crafty type of guy getting into the paint. Jaden Hardy's just like explosion to the basket. And it was a lot of fun. He had all three of his shots, you know, from the outside. And so that's the, 
I think with the Jaden Hardy experience, it's more of, you know, we all know that the possibilities that could happen over the next, you know, few weeks or next month with trade stuff, mm -hmm. that if they make a consolidation type of trade, that they'd have somebody in a Jaden Hardy that's like, all right, if we have somebody that if they need to step up into a bigger role, if we make a trade like that, like a three for two or a two for one type of trade, then we have somebody like Jaden Hardy that could step into that role. So I think it's exciting. It's a, it's a small subplot to this season that I think Mavs fans are really enjoying is this Jaden Hardy yeah. fun growth type. Yeah. I also think it's like, I don't know, I'm scared of like my sayings now, but trial by fire, you just throw him in and like let him, <laughs> let him do his thing. Like what better way yeah. to learn to play in the NBA against like actual opponents than by just letting him play in there and play real opponents, like get real minutes. So I think it's a good way to develop him. Also, you know, he's had a 10-point game, 15-point game. So I like it. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the year, you know, and you want to see him in the G League. That was always going to be part of the plan. But as he started playing really well in the G League, yeah. and then he, he came up with the maps for a little bit but didn't really play and then went back down, you know, they always had a lot of players ahead of him. Mm -hmm. But now a lot of the players that would be ahead of him aren't playing at all, you know, yes. like Josh Green, Dorian Finney-Smith. Now Hardy isn't competing with Maxi Kleba or even Dorian for minutes, but the Mavs want to have wings on the floor. Yeah. And so you got Maxi, Dorian, Josh Green. They're all playing a ton of minutes, two of them in particular coming off the bench to do so, uh, which then would relegate Tim Hardaway Jr. to the bench. And yes, Jaden and Tim are competing for minutes, you know, d sort of. Um, but now those guys are gone. And so for as long as they're gone, which hopefully won't be much longer – then Cat, it is really like a, I mean, it's either Jaden Hardy, just throw him out there and see what he can do, or hope that Frank can get in there and do something, mm -hmm. or hope that, you know, Davis Bertans can come in and do something. But if you're looking Which for Davis a spark plug. Davis has had some good games lately, you know, where he is shooting very well. So, yeah. You know. I like Hardy off the ball, I think, the most, you know, when it comes to like who he plays with. I'd love to see, I don't know what capacity it could, it could be, but I'd love to see him play with Luca uh, like a few minutes here and there yeah. just to see what it. To see what it looks like because he's still super young. He's still still super raw. To where like even there were a few moments last night to where or you know a few nights ago to where he was creating there in the fourth and he tried to throw a lob to Javel and it was just like way off. It's funny, you know, it's <laughs> kind of wild. Yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of he kind of has to like rein it in a little bit. That's why I like seeing him play off the ball, coming off screens, stuff like that. So, um, and that's where kind of playing with McKinley Wright is another guy who got some minutes or could open up some minutes with Kimba's. Um, Twitter's you know. short king. I, I Everyone's <laughs> like, I love my short king, McKinley Wright. I love it. I, I love it so I much. love McKinley Wright's energy. That's my favorite thing about him. Well, the preseason games, like, or the, was it the OKC game? Yeah, the OKC yeah, game. Yeah, that, that was so fun to watch. I mean, he had a fantastic game, and you could see, um, like, the spark of, like, okay, this guy tries really hard, not only on offense, but on defense as well. And so, you know. To have that, I think, is important, especially when you're missing your three really big. He's like guys. the closest thing they have to Josh Green. Yeah. Right. Just like chaos. What did you think of go the go do things? There was that point in the second half uh, in the Boston game where Jason Kidd threw out um, Luca, Dinwiddie, Dwight Powell, with McKinley Wright and Jaden Hardy. Loved it. What do you want to call that lineup? Like, what is that? <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> that is chaos. that is chaos. what a, that's what a Hardy party is. <laughs> Just. Of just let's see, you, let's just go. Is that Do a it. is yeah. that a four guard lineup, a three guard lineup? I mean, it's, 
Luca is a power forward that plays like a one, but is sort of a shooting guard at times. Yeah. Uh, fair. McKinley Wright plays way bigger than he is. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> McKinley Wright is the four in that situation. Wow. Yeah, who is the four? Or is Dinwiddie the four? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. How, how, are you, how are you doing this on 2K? <laughs> um, I think the, you know, McKinley Wright's activity is like Josh Green. His offensive skill set is probably like Frank Nilakina, where, you know, the, the jump shot is probably not something that you can count on, but he does flash the ability to get to the basket. He can make some nice moves. I really think, though, you know, I don't know if you can play. Obviously, McKinley Wright is a two-way player, uh, you know, a, a, a G League player uh, in the early stage of his career, and Jaden Hardy is a developmental guy. And so I don't know if that can be like your backup bench unit. Mm. I think you've got to kind of choose between one of them. And now, obviously, as time goes on, you're going to want to give preference to the guy that, that you really believe has a super bright future in Hardy. Mm-hmm. But in a game that's close or in a game where you're playing from in front, I understand why Jason Kidd, who's sort of more philosophically oriented toward defense, would prefer the defensive-minded players. Yeah. But in a game like against Boston where you're down or in a game where the offense is flat, it makes all the sense in the world to just put Hardy in because you know that he can, yeah. you know he can score. You know, you know that he's a bucket. Yeah. Right, he's different. He's a problem. Uh, he's gonna oh, go in there. All three. Yeah, all he's, three yeah, he is. He's gonna go right. in there and get you points, and that's important because you need points to win. And we keep saying the Mavs are down all their best defensive players, mm-hmm. which means you need points even more. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. but I will say, you know, I want to advise caution to everybody, uh, be- <laughs> because we saw Hardy get in the game. Was it against the Knicks or against the Lakers? One of the, or maybe even the Rockets. One of those games at home. Kid put Hardy in, and like he missed a couple shots, and he had some bad turnovers, and he committed some fouls, and it was just uh, you could tell Hardy was really frustrated with himself, you know, and it was just a couple mistakes, and they compounded, and so you know sometimes you need to take things a little slow. So I don't think just because he scored 15 points whenever Jason Tatum was hunting for a triple double does not mean he's going to be in starting lineup, you know, this weekend against the Pelicans and the Thunder, but it does mean I think every time he comes in and plays well, more confidence more rhythm, yeah. more confidence in himself and from the coaching staff. And so, you know, it's important to keep in mind this guy's like 20 years old. He's not tardy to the starty of the hardy party. Everything is happening exactly how it should. So go ahead and put out the crackers, put out the Havarti, and let's go. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing. I don't even have a response to that. <laughs> uh, so looking ahead tonight, the Mavericks play the you Pelicans. Are, you are made for the radio. <laughs> Feeling myself right now. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> For all that and more, twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. Every, every now and then I go live. You never know what to expect. So listen, the game tonight, though, is kind of important. The standings watch. The last time we had a show, the Mavericks were in eighth place. Now they sit at fourth, right? They are three and a half games behind first place, and they are only... Now it's Memphis. Denver was sitting on top of the West forever. Oh Den- no, Denver. Den- pa- okay, well, okay. T- as of today, Friday. Okay, yeah. Denver yeah. and Memphis are tied in win percentage, but I guess Denver has the tiebreaker. So Denver is in one, Memphis two, New Orleans three. Now they don't have Zion, so we'll see. Because if the Mavs can win against the Pelicans, that's a full game that you're gaining yeah. in the standings. So I think that's an important thing to keep an eye and on. And crucially, too, the head-to-head. The Mavs are already 0-1 against them. Yeah. You play them four times this year, so there will be, unless it's a 3-1, to there's not going to be a decisive winner. Yeah. So, you know, you lose that second game to them, that's really, really bad. A lot of... I love watching this Pelicans team play. 
Like even without Zion, I love some of their guys. I love Trey Murphy. Herb Jones is is a lot of they fun. They have a really fun team. Alvarado's yeah. fun. Like the, McCollum the team. is cool. I like McCollum. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. his game. I like yeah. him. You know. Yeah, CJ McCollum is fun. So, um, it would be awesome for them to bounce back. Home game in Dallas. Let's let's take care of business on Saturday night. A Jonas Valanciunas over under seventeen and a half offensive rebounds Dude. in oh this gosh. game. Yeah, I mean. uh, that has been a huge. Pr- I mean, the Mavs have been winning a lot of games lately, but. You're going Wood at the five and Reggie Bullock at the four. I mean, rebounding has been a big problem. Big, yeah. big problem. Yeah, it has. On a possession to possession basis. And like Isaac, I kind of agree with you your whole bit about like th- who won the rebounding battle. God bless. Like I'm 100% with you on that. Um, rebounding concerns me not for a whole game, but literally for this possession. Like, can you get the rebound this possession? Do you have what it takes to get the rebound this possession? Um, and against Valanchunas, you know, and Zion is out, like you said, Kat, for a, uh, maybe for a while. But Valanciunas is the kind of guy that can get you a second or third or fourth shot on yeah. a possession. And oh, the Pelicans sure. have way too much offensive firepower to afford giving them extra bites at the apple. Yeah, and before, if you listen to this, before, you, and before you're like, oh, Zion's not playing, Mavs should win. They played him like fourth game of the season. They didn't have Ingram. They didn't have Zion. They lost by two to the Pelicans. That, mm-hmm. that was the game where... Devontae Graham and Trey Murphy combined for oh, eight, eight threes in that game. So yeah. um, just because Zion's not playing doesn't mean an automatic win for Dallas. You guys know that, that if the opposing team's best player's not playing does not mean auto win. This game is at home. The vibes have been pretty good at home for a while now with the exception of that Boston game. So hopefully you can flush it and, and bounce back. It would be a very big win, of course, because you're about to go on the road for five straight, and that is going to be very tough. So, all right, coming up after the break, we're going to take a little bit of a look around the rest of the NBA, see what's going on on the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio. Welcome back to the Corner 3. I was expecting it to be Bobby. I was, like, looking at Bobby. Cat is shook right now. Cat literally jumped. (laughs) I was too loud. Wow. I was louder than Bobby. (laughs) Whoa. This is Saggy 4. If you listen on 97.1, the freak... Hopefully, Sorry. you're getting freaked out like Kat. <laughs> um, that, yeah, we're ready. Hopefully, you didn't jump in your car and you didn't just wreck. But uh, <laughs> I think if Kat was driving, uh, she would have. But uh, One, you're never this loud. And two, I was thinking it was Bobby for some reason. And then, okay. Anyway. Anyway, what do you um, got for us? Let's just talk, some fun here. Let's talk about some all-star voting. So uh, if you're on social media the whole world then you're seeing all the social media votes for all-star uh, voting i think the utah jazz sent a laurie marketing poster out to like voters like that's next level mm-hmm. what are the maps sending out to voters for i don't know if we've ever done that before <laughs> remember i remember like the the best one was big al jefferson uh the hornets did something for him in 2014 huh. to vote for all nba okay. they sent out like a whole kit Okay. Basically, every reporter was tweeting pictures of it. I forget what it was, but it was pretty cool. Pretty smart. Um, I'm not sure the yeah, Mavs right. have ever done anything like that. Bill I just Bo- found a Gordon Hayward press kit that Charlotte sent out. Let's go. From this year? Uh, 2021. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <I was> like, <laughs> oh yeah. Even 2021 is kind of a... Yeah. <laughs> That's going to make me jump <laughs> like that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yo, whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, but the first returns came back a few days ago for uh, the fan vote for All-Star voting. Now, a reminder, fans account for 50% of the vote to decide all-star starters. 
NBA players also vote and a media panel also votes. And that accounts for 25% each. So if you're doing the math in your head, if you're doing the like pie of voting of how a player becomes an all-star starter, 25% NBA players, 25% by the media, and then 50% from the fans. So this fan vote matters, vote. matters a lot. Yeah, you got to go vote, all right? We got to vote for Luka. And our guy Luka Doncic comes and in. And Christian Wood and Spencer Dinwiddie, Isaac. <laughs> Come on. Our guy Luka Doncic comes back <laughs> <laughs> at number two in guard voting. At He received 2.3 million votes. That is right behind in as far as guards in the West. Steph Curry who got 2.7 million votes. I was really going into this watching Ja versus Luka because Ja's mm-hmm. so much fun. Love Ja. And so many players love Ja. So many kids love Ja. His new shoes are coming out. Like, a lot of fun. Love watching Ja. And, you know, that was a whole voting battle last year, watching Ja versus Luka. So I was really curious this year. Wow, what a difference. Ja only had oh, yeah. 915,000 votes compared to Luka's 2.3 just after the first return. Were you shocked by that? Anything surprised you about the amount of votes Luca got? I mean, no. I knew that it was going to be very high just because internationally you're yeah. able to vote for this. And so I think that definitely um, is awesome. And, like, keep voting. Um, I mean, that's how, that's how Andrew Wiggins was a starter <laughs> last year. So Do we know any K-pop singers? No, but we... Bad Bunny, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I, we Obviously, he is. <laughs> yes. Bad Bunny's a big fan of the Corner 3. Yeah. Listen, Bad Bunny, we need you to help us hype up Luca. <laughs> listen, Mr. Bunny. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Can I call you Bad? <laughs> <laughs> or just Bunny, one of the two. Mr. Bunny. <laughs> uh, he, ret- he retweeted the Luca 60-21-10 graphic that you did. Oh, he posted that jersey. He did. Let's and I go. was like... Okay. Tony Cruz turned that jersey into a birthday cake. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that I mean, was he's really, one really of cool. the most popular athletes in yeah. the world. Uh, Luca this season, 2.388 million votes already. Luca last season, 2.5 million votes for the whole thing. This wow. was just the okay. first returns, yeah. right? So he's already almost eclipsed last year's total. Luca last year finished third among guards, among Western Conference guards in the fan vote. Fourth amongst players. He finished behind Steph, Ja, and Devin Booker, and he finished seventh among the media. He had zero media votes. Zero I remember, media I votes. remember that. Now, this year, Booker's been out a lot, and I think everyone's kind of like memeing the Suns. Um, it really is Luka v. Ja, and I don't know why, man. I mean, Ja's putting up incredible numbers. Yeah. I guess, was it just because Memphis was new last year? Like, I, I don't know. Why is the fan excitement around him so much lower? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I don't either. Um, they're, they're on national TV, and like, they're, it's not yeah. like they're underground or anything. Yeah. The, the best record in the West. Yeah, and he has all the highlights and stuff, too, that's yeah. on the House of Highlights and all that stuff. But you look across all the voting, Luca right now fourth in all the votes behind LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis. Um, actually, he's fifth. Steph is fourth, and then Luca coming in at 2.3. But... Looking at the rest of the front court in the West, LeBron's leading the way at 3.1, uh, Nikola Jokic at 2.2, Anthony Davis at a little over 2 million votes. Anthony Davis versus Zion for that like third forward spot in the in the West. What do you think happens with that? 
I don't know. Is AD going to be healthy? Is Zion going to be yeah, healthy? Yeah, are either of them going to yeah, be Yeah, because Zion is what being, he's, he's being reevaluated in three weeks. The All-Star game is what, February 19th, I think. So I that's think so. that's about six weeks away, give or take. I mean, AD does have the power of Lakers fans, but Zion has the power of God and anime on his side. And so I don't know. I feel like that's going to be really close. I think the deciding factor could ultimately be um, player votes. Like, yeah. do you yeah. think that I would need to look at his past and stuff, but it feels like players might be more inclined to vote for Zion than AD? They or, might vote for Markin. I mean, honestly, they, is Markin sending them? Kits too. <laughs> <laughs> Is he sending them some posters? Because yeah, like the other contenders, you know, there's always like there's always someone who's just way undervoted for that the that the media or that the players will vote for. Like, yeah. But I can't see any media voting for Wiggins, Paul George. Maybe a little bit of love for Lowry from players and and media, but like Draymond, Kawhi, Kevon Looney, like definitely not. Yeah. You know, so I really think it could come down to, you know, uh, media and players. However. This is important to note. It came into play a couple years ago. The fan vote is the tiebreaker. So let's say oh, you okay. finish. Let's say Luca finishes second among fan votes, but Jaw finishes second among players and media. Jaw gets the tiebreaker. So yeah. fan vote okay. is not the be all end all, but it is. It is worth a little more. Yeah, the West guards after Steph and Luca. Obviously, Jaw's at nine nine fifteen, right behind Jaw SGA. Ooh. I uh, I, I think yeah, I love that one hundred percent deserved. He might even deserve to start, honestly. Like SGA, I mean, he's definitely going to be an all-star. Then there's a huge gap between SGA and Clay Thompson yeah. at, at five fourteen. Shout out to Austin Reeves, um, coming in at ninth on the guards in the West. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, front court in the East. Eighth? What the heck is going to happen with that? I don't know, but eighth, your guy Paolo. Tenth, your guy Jarrett Allen. I mean, Nick Claxton. Pokemon fans, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is loaded out east. The one last thing, Devin Booker only two hundred twenty-four thousand votes. Now I know Mavs fans love to make fun of him, and I know like <laughs> yes, I do too. Winner, winners work and all that stuff. Like it is, it is, it's fun <laughs> to dunk on the Suns, but like legitimately, it is shocking that Devin Booker only has two hundred thousand votes. Like, who are those votes going? I guess yeah. if you're on the fence, are you voting for Shea? Then like the, the Kardashians haven't started the campaign. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess that's it. But like. That is, he's possibly an MVP candidate this year. You yeah. know, whenever he's yeah. on the floor, they win. And whenever he's on the floor, they lose bad. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like they're going to another Phoenix player because there's... Chris Paul is not even in the top 10. Yeah, so... Westbrook has 200,000 more votes than him. And that's... He plays <laughs> yeah. for a team whose fans hate him. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on? Off the bench. What do you, what do you think about... <laughs> <laughs> we know the front court stuff in the East is going to be impossible. Tatum, Embiid, Giannis, Kevin Durant. I mean, one yeah. of those guys is going to come off the bench, and it's unfair. It's dumb, but whatever. The guards in the East, Kyrie Irving leading the way with 2 million votes, Donovan Mitchell 1.6, um, James Harden 1.1, then Jalen Brown. Is that kind of what you expected? Kyrie, big market, lots of fans. He has missed Quite a few games, of course, um, and had that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I guess fans still really, really like him. He's really good. I mean, Harden missed a bunch of time, too. So, yeah. I, I, you know, if, if you can use the missed time thing, that works for Harden as well. Donovan 100% deserves. Yeah, Donovan oh, yeah. Is, is my pick for I was starting really, guard there. I, if it was up to me, of course it's not, I would pick Jalen Brown. But for the second spot, 
But Kyrie's been playing really well of late. They're winning a ton of games. So you kind of get the Brooklyn. They're winning a ton of games, aren't they? You know what? Oh, yeah. Whatever. Let's just get Tyrese up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He should be an all-star, but there's there's so many guards, man. How there funny is. would it be if Jalen Brown started, but Tatum didn't? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could you imagine wow. that? But, like, your guards, let's say you can fit, what, probably six or seven guards on the team. Kyrie, Mitchell, Harden, Brown, Trey, DeMar DeRozan, Tyrese Halliburton, Darius Garland, maybe. Jalen Brunson, maybe. That's Shout already to Brunson nine. being on this list. Wait. He did not make the top. Not That's shocking. I, I was... Low-key shocked. Derrick Rose that. got more votes than Brunson. Yeah, that I is was shocking. Very shocking. Like, what are Knicks fans doing? There's what 20 million people Derrick live Rose. in New York. <laughs> they are voting for Derrick Rose. Or they're voting for Kyrie. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. A bajillion people live in New York. Yeah. I thought Madison Square Garden's the mecca, man. They got no but zero players in the top ten, in either guard or forward. No Julius Randle love. Derrick Rose number nine. Maybe they're just. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're so sorry, used sorry, to sorry. just <laughs> not having an All Star that they forgot they don't know how to vote. And they're just conditioned to, yeah. like, you want me to vote for Evan Fortier? <laughs> well, we don't have any guards. Emmanuel Quickly? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, okay. One to, I'll go easier this time. One to 100. Okay. Right. How confident are you that Luca will start? You know, as long as he's healthy and available and everything, how confident are you that Luca will end up being named a starter? 90. Yeah, I was going to say, like, 85, 90. And I, I'd say it because of that last stretch of games in December. I just think that because he's – I think if he was just, like, putting up some some decent good stats and they're just, like, kind of treading water a little bit, but since he's entered into the historic realm of some of those lines, I think he's going to – yeah. I think he'll get more media votes this year. We got zero last year, so, so <laughs> I would uh, hope so. One, even one. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about the players. Pally Kaplan alone votes for Luca. That just puts <laughs> him over the top. It. I mean, the one big thing is like Luca's almost a lock at this point to win the fan vote. Mm -hmm. So even if the players prefer Jaw to him, which this year I'm not sure they will because he is leading the league in scoring. Like I think the players will real recognize real kind Put of Put some thing. respect That's on it. Yeah. yeah. And then media, I think I, you'd be hard-pressed to find too many media that would leave Luca off entirely in favor of like Steph, Booker, Jaw. I think this season compared to last season, 100%. Like, there's yeah. no, like, the dude made history for like a week straight. Like, there's no way that the media can ignore that or just kind of like be like, well, Jaw did this. Like, cause Jaw didn't do the, that. The so. only thing I think could hurt him would be if Memphis just ascend, keeps ascending to be the one in the West and Dallas yeah. drops. Like, they go on a losing streak. They're in, you know, ninth or 10th in the West. And Jaws is, like, clearly leading Memphis, you know, four or five games ahead of, you know, with first place in the West. But And if you're listening and thinking, wait a minute, Tati was just saying they're, like, three games out of first place. But, yeah, they're also three games out of, like, 12th. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the West. so packed. Glass half full, sir. Yeah, I mean, even OKC, like, the Mass play OKC on Sunday. Yeah. They're, like, three or four games ahead of them. I mean, it they is. Just they just beat Boston by a million. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I do think that Boston did come out with kind of a chip on their shoulder yeah. from that game. Like, they were kind yeah. of upset about that loss. And they were like, hold on, we're one of the best teams in the NBA. So. But if you want to, you know, I, I won't name names or anything, but I heard some Boston people talking before the game. And if you Mavs fans think that you're, like, the only people in the world that suffer, um, the Boston people – we're talking about that OKC game, and they were like, for whatever reason, these guys just 
play better against good teams. Sometimes they just mail it in against bad teams. Oh, I was like, ah, oh, I've heard that before. Oh. And Boston's got the best record in the NBA, and their people are saying the same thing. So I feel like maybe it's just a maybe it just is a thing. You kind of mail it in sometimes against bad teams. Hmm. But the Mavs are not in a position, unlike Boston. The Mavs yeah. are not in a position where they can really mail it in. And one guy who did not mail it in against bad teams recently is Luka Doncic, who Isaac said he's in the historic realm now. Luka, to end 2022 calendar year, had three 50-point games in a five-game span, including a game where he became the first player ever to go for 60 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists in a game. Now, in one 10-day span from December 23rd to January 2nd, there were 27 40-plus point wow. games, which is the most in any 10-day span in NBA history. And so even though Luka was playing out of his mind, he wasn't alone. And in fact, Donovan Mitchell, like two nights later, scored 71. Yeah. So here's a list of these guys. So from December 23rd to January 2nd, here are the players that scored 40-plus in a game. Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, R.J. Barrett, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Luka, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, Darius Garland, Giannis, DeMar DeRozan. Did I already say Julius Randle? Julius Randle, Zach Levine, LeBron James, Jordan Poole, CJ McCollum, Paul George, Clay Thompson, Donovan Mitchell. That's 18 Jamal unique Crawford. players. Jamal Crawford. <laughs> How many dribbles did Clay Thompson take in that 54 point? <laughs> like six. <laughs> 16. <laughs> I mean, that's like 18 unique players. Unless I miscounted, I could be off by one or two there, but... 18 unique players to score 40 points. And if you do it by 50, well, there's like five or six of those two. What's the deal? What's the deal with all these 40-point games? What's the deal with these kids these days? I love it. I don't know what the deal is, but I love it. I Th think it's this so is cool. like the, the hottest topic right now of all talk shows, all national pods. It's like what I feel like any pod that drops on my phone right now, it's the same question of what's the key to the offensive surge? And it's funny because everybody has their opinions, right? Like, I've heard so many different things from the take valve's gone. So Dude, that is so, really quickly, I don't want to derail. That is the worst argument ever. <laughs> That's the worst argument Wait, ever. Wait, hold on. I haven't heard that. People are attributing the, the take foul, so, like, you can't foul in transition anymore. They're saying that that is leading to this offensive explosion. And I'm like, if we believe that there was one take foul per game last year, then that means that no take fouls this year are only adding like at most one point per game yeah, no. <laughs> to teams. So no, no that is not no. like, you mean to tell me Donovan Mitchell scored 70 points because of the take foul? No. Like get out of here, you <laughs> weirdos. Sorry. So that, um, I've heard just the blanket statement of the league's just better, you know? It's like, all right, well, I think it's just a combination of things. Um, you know, somebody was talking the other day about just how how much the spacing, how much everybody's figured out the spacing now mm -hmm. and how the floor is just so spaced out and teams are embracing just so much of that in their offense. And so I just think everybody has so many different opinions of it. I think it's a combination of a bunch of different things. I do think we're seeing so much, so much talent now across the board. Yeah. And, you know, you look at defensive rules and how hard it is to play defense now, hand check stuff, all that stuff. I, what do you think? I mean, I just think it's a combination of a bunch of different things. I mean, I do think the NBA is like more of an offensive game than a defensive game, if yeah. you will. Like, it's like offense is more fun to watch. So you just hit us with the if you would harp. Shout out harp. Ah, well, as a non-former player, <laughs> offense is really fun to watch. It, it's kind of like in this league. It's kind of like <laughs> NFL, though, right? I mean, like you look at some of their. 
their like rule changes over the years, you know, they wanted more offense. They wanted more, more scoring, even though I love a classic. I mean, I'm a Ravens fan, so I love the defensive matchups that are like 10 to 7 in the NFL. I love those. The Ooh. pass interference call is something <laughs> I will never get over. I but just but like you look at all the stuff in the NFL that they changed to make it more like pro pass offense, pro scoring more points, you know, easier to go across the middle and all that stuff. Is that kind of the same in the in the NBA now that it's making it a little bit easier to score points with just different stuff over the years? Right? Well, yeah. your best players have the ball more too. So here's a list of players that have a usage rate of at least 30%. For all the talk about Luka's usage, by the way, Luka's tied for second. So a guy oh, has he's not a, even first? Not even first. There you go. Uh, so guys with at least 30% usage, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Trey Young, Trevor Keels, uh, played one game, John Morant, oh. Luka, Joel Embiid, and Giannis. So that's like 15 players that dominate the ball. And it's interesting right? because the storyline is not like all these players just have this super high usage rating. What are you doing? Like they have no help. Like it has nothing it's, to do yeah, it's just, just, yeah, it, you it just, has nothing to do with that. Yeah, you just want to give it to your best player. Yeah. More. And because like, of spacing, why not run your game through your best players? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. why would the Mavs run a Dorian Finney Smith post up? You know, like yeah. no. Dorian go to the corner and clear the way for Luca. And like Every team is doing that now. Now, there are teams around the NBA that have more maybe dynamic guys than the Mavs do, for example. But um, the, it is true that just your best player has the ball more and your teams are playing fewer and fewer non-shooters. At yeah. most now, teams play one guy that can't shoot the ball. Brooklyn yeah. finally realized that by splitting up Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons, they can basically go undefeated. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just seeing more space than ever, more skill than ever, more guys that can put the ball on the floor than ever. And I think also, you know, so many rule changes have favored offense. It's just a combination of everything. But yeah. offense has been trending this way for a very long time. I think the one thing that has surged up recently is average usage rate of your all-star caliber players. It's and, just and skyrocketing. And no take fouls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no take fouls. That's the big <laughs> difference, baby. When you, when you look at, you're talking about the ball-dominant players. Look at them now. Like, look at the point guards back in the 90s or 80s and, like, the, the role of the point guard then compared to Luca's point guard now, and he's like six eight, and he's the yeah. best player on the team. Like if those eras like flipped, how much how many of those wing players in the nineties, early two thousands would just be like point guards now? How many points per game would Derek Harper average like <laughs> yeah. in that kind of system? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, it's it's heavily it's heavily geared toward your ball handler. It is, and that's just the that's the point. Your point guard takes twenty five shots a game now. It just yeah. it is what it is. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Dirk I don't would be a point guard in today. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's going to be rule changes about it. I don't know. I mean, I think fans like watching eye-popping stuff. You mm -hmm. know, I think uh, it's fun to watch offense. Like you said, Kat, there's far fewer people like you, Isaac, that want to watch 10-7. <laughs> like, give me 35-31. Let's, let's have fun. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Um, just cut back on the take fouls. And, you know, <laughs> that, that just That's suddenly makes it way fun. All right. Well, this uh, speaking of fun... This was fun. This was fun. This is a fun show. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Now, we did miss last week, but don't you worry. That was just a one-time thing because of some football bowl game or whatever. But football season is over. Well, at least bowl season Except is. Except the national championship. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't matter. Well, okay, anyway. it's, it's all Studio 41 Radio, so we'll be back with you next week right here on the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio, 97.1 The Freak. See ya.